0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah!
1: Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to a one-timer Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad, Declan, Goff. And Declan, this is a very important episode because we do it on, we're recording on Friday with the Wild holding a playoff spot since the first time since December 6th and the Prove It Journey to uh, California, starting with San Jose on Thursday night, began with a victory that, this is so crazy, the Wild leapfrogged four teams and is now, as we record this, so if you listen to this later on Friday, and a lot of teams are playing, this might have changed, right now the Wild is in the seventh playoff spot, wild card one in the Western Conference, and would play right now the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs. But let's just start with... What the hell is going on here? Because we've given up on this team I don't know how many times. And I was thinking this morning, Dex, there's a lot of times where you could say, when did you quit on the 2019-20 Wild? Was it the 1-6 and start, I believe? (laughs) Was it the day Jason Zucker, who is a goal scorer for you, was traded in what looked like a deal that was all about the future with Pittsburgh? Was it shortly thereafter where Boots was blown out and Dean Evason was named the interim head coach? Was it at the trade deadline when they tried desperately and came close to peddling Zach Parisi? And hockey being hockey, we now are talking to you with this team for the time being, being a playoff team.
0: I mean, not just a playoff team, a team that seems everyone seems to believe in is going to be in the mix. Um, according to most playoff odds, they're at a 75% chance as we recorded today to make the postseason. Now, is there room for things to go wrong? Of course there is. It's hockey and it's the Wild. But it's an amazing turn of events. And no, I did not see this coming. Uh, but it's been fun to watch. I mean, even, even in their loss to the Capitals on Sunday night, which was a very entertaining hockey game. And the Wild were outplayed, by the way. It wasn't it, it, the, score, the shots made it look a lot closer. And it was a fun game overall. But the, the Capitals outplayed you. Hundred percent. For basically outside of the first five minutes, the Capitals had you on the on the ringer. And then the Predators game and even the Sharks game, who aren't a very good team right now, it's been entertaining hockey and the wild are surviving in ways that you typically see them fold. And I think that's what's more encouraging is yeah, Kevin Fiala's fun, but Alex Staylock just continues to be the backstop of this team and every time I'm thinking I'm counting him out, he keeps proving me wrong.
1: To your point there, Nashville on Tuesday night. The Wild at the XL Energy Center. At one point in that game, Declan was out shooting Nashville twenty to eight in the second period. They were the Wild was dominating that game. Nashville, by the end of the game and in the third period, came back and actually won the shots on goal battle. And I know the shots on goal are sort of subjective. Of okay, what's a shot on goal? What's not? But the greater point being, Staylock in that game was spectacular. Again, San Jose last night forty shots on goal. The shots on goal in the third period in san jose last night not a good team but a team that had been playing really good hockey of late 20 to 3 for san jose in the third period good lord alex daylock 11 3 and 1 in his past of 15 since dean everson became interim coach of this team he has started 8 of 10 games unheard of in the boudreaux uh, dubnik era uh and Stalock is 6 and 2 2.02 02 goals against 932 save percentage so i think If what you're saying is, if you are to start the conversation, while Fiala's play has been off the charts phenomenal and and he might be a superstar, I do think that the conversation for where things stand right now and the why definitely does start in goal. Because let's be honest, the Devin Dubnik that we've seen past two, three years, past two years for sure, would not have been capable of a run like this. And just as importantly, too, I love the fact the one thing that, without a shadow of a doubt, Dean Everson has brought is a more aggressive style of play. And the, Alex Stalock can get you in transition. Devin likes to think that he can play the puck, right? Yeah. He, he likes, likes to think, think he can. can't really. No. Alex Stalock can play the puck. And so your ability to get into transition because of Stalock picking and choosing when he's going to play the puck, extremely important.
0: Exactly. Well, and I'll, I'll disagree with, with you a little bit in saying Dubnik isn't capable of going on runs of success like Staylock has, because we've seen that before. Where I mean, when he got here, what thirty-nine straight starts? Oh, that was a different. yes. And even um, even blips of times, you know, 15, 20 games where he looks great, and then he's at he'll he'll roll around some clunkers. Mm-hmm. But I, but what I, where I agree with you, and what's different is there is a different mantra and style about what Staylock in net. Um, and this is a, I don't mean to bash Dubnik, but it's always something with Devin Dubnik in his post game comments or or the way he carries himself when he's in, when he's in net. That I think is really frustrating, and I don't, I'm not not implying that that um, impacts his team in front of him. Sort of Kirk Cousins, a little bit. It's always something else. It's always something else. But with Alex Stalock, whether he puts together a magnificent performance or a bad one, I like that he goes up there and just owns it, and it always gives you the real Alex Stalock. I don't think there's I don't think there's a phoniness to Stalock, and I don't think there's a part of him that blames anyone else but himself. Um, but with Staylock in net, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive to see that he's able to pull off these kind of wins like this. And I, I, I'm curious to see if he can keep it going. But I, I've been very impressed that the Wild just seem to be rejuvenated by a new goaltender, and yeah, with him being able to play the puck, I do do think that makes a a big difference.
1: So while we've got a bunch of teams playing who are in the playoff race, the Wild's not playing on Friday, so the Wild might fall out of a playoff spot, I believe, if things don't go their way on Friday. The good news is that the Wild continues this West Coast swing against the only three teams in the Western Conference truly out of playoff contention. They started in uh, San Jose on Thursday night. They then play the Kings in an afternoon game on Saturday And they conclude with a 6 p.m. game Pacific time, 8 p.m. game here against the Ducks on Sunday. And that gets to my next question, because I believe the last time that we sat down and did a Judd's Hockey show, we assumed, and you said, and I thought that until I looked at the time of the games, you were exactly right, that Devin Dubnik would get a start in the West Coast Swing. I'm now wondering. You know, the Kings aren't a very good team. No, they're bad. They played Toronto. They, they won a shootout against Toronto last night, but it was 1-0, to quote a soccer uh, term. Jonathan will like that. And so it's a 1 p.m. face-off against the Kings on Saturday. I could convince myself that if we have a Detroit-to-Columbus situation where the Wild can win again on Saturday, and let's say the Kings have an okay game, but Stalock looks good and has not worked really hard, I can actually now get to a point where Dean Everson has shown such faith in Alex Daylock that I'm not going to be shocked if he brings him back for a night game against the Ducks. Oh, I
0: wouldn't be shocked at all, Judd. Um, I'd like for him to get get some time in here just because he hasn't played so long, and I don't want to burn out Daylock, and I think that's what's caused Dubnik's demise in most postseasons outside of the Jake Allen year where he is just burnt out by the time April and the postseason rolls around. And that's the issue, is you can't... Not to counterproductive or a counterpoint what I'm saying, but you can't take away his net. Words the great Jimmy Craig, that's my net, man. Now you're going to pull the plug Steve on me.
1: Janicek didn't like that. Yeah,
0: I know Janie didn't like it, and that's where we're at right now. It's all it's seriously like a Jim Craig situation. How the heck are you going to pull this guy? So Dubnik that's, definitely yeah. has to get time in. He has to get time in this week in one of these two games. But if they beat the Kings on Saturday and it's you know and he doesn't see a lot of work, Alex yep. Stalock that is, yeah, I I can see an argument where. Stalock then starts again on Sunday.
1: Here's the, okay, so here's the counterpoint to what you said, because I, I think this going back and forth, I think we're both right. The counterpoint to what you said, though, is what if Staloc plays a really solid game on Saturday? You could make a very good case that if Dumnik starts against the Predators or Sharks, you lose both, if not one of those games. Sure. Staloc played that well. Emerson's just trying to roll here with what he's got. He can't, because of his predicament, he can't be putting a lot of stock on, well, I got to be fair to this guy or play. And, and I do understand that you don't want to burn Staylock out. But that's always the slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to when Dubnik got here from the Coyotes. Oh, my God, he's played 30 consecutive games because he's just played so well. And much like right now, you got to get those points. And Staylock, in some ways, is playing an enormous, not in some ways, he is playing an enormous role in you getting points. Yeah. Because I think I think if he doesn't start the Predators or the Sharks game, you lose that game. And because the Predators game, you're dominating, and then you sort of it sort of dried up. And in both cases, I think that you used this word at the outset of the show, and it's right. They hung on in some ways. Yeah. Now, their impressive wins, don't get me wrong. I'm not denigrating their victories, but they also didn't just dominate the third period. When you're outshot 20 to three, 23 is quite a differential. It tells you something.
0: And this prevent, and I don't think it's the wild playing prevent. Defense. No, they're trying
1: to play aggressive, but San Jose San Jose's been playing better hockey, and they're not I don't think they're as bad a team as what they've shown for a lot of this season. Either.
0: And yeah, they're not someone I mean, they have still the top end talent to be a good team. I know I believe Hurdle is out right now, but like yes. Logan, Couture he was is still really good. Joe Thornton's good, Brent Burns is good, Carlson's good, we can go down the list. Carlson's actually out too, though. Right. But they they have but, yeah, playmakers some, on top, oh, yeah. right? And I, I do think uh, something is just so weird about them in the third period. And Everson does preach them being more aggressive, and we've seen it on the penalty kill, them trying to be a little bit more aggressive. There's a different style now. I'm to the point, Judd. And I don't know. if We can kind of wrap on this idea, but like, if they go on a run in the playoffs, I, I think it's Everson's job at this point. How do you, again? It's just like Staylock. Like, well, how do you pull? How
1: do you pull the plug on someone like? I'm gonna that? I'm going to slow you down just a little bit because we talked about this on Vet Line today. Don't forget seven and three for. For Everson so far in his first 10 games, the exact same record that these guys put up for Torchetti Mm -hmm. in 2015-16, and they made the playoffs then and got knocked out, I believe, by Dallas in that case. I'm slowing my role there, but I love the style. I do like the style. I don't know if it's sustainable for a long period of time with the current players. It certainly is with some. Let's talk about um, what turned into the game winning goal last night because I think it's a very oh, important goal. That we're going here. It's a gorgeous goal. Yeah. Uh, so it made it 3 1, but then the Sharks came back and scored again to make it 3 2. So the game winning goal went like this Fiala passed to Cunning, who was playing in place of Stahl at center. And by the way, I, I think we both agree, Luke Cunnan He might not be a star, but he's a damn solid player. And he makes a great pass to Parisi, who swoops in and scores a a nice-looking goal. And it took some hand-eye coordination to score the goal, but the goal was really made by the Cunning pass. But I'm going to go before that and tell you why I loved the goal, but the goal also frustrates me as someone who's watched the Wild for a a long time. The goal really starts with Fiala getting control of the puck and getting it to Cunning in the Sharks' offensive zone. And if you go back and watch all of the Sharks players, defensemen, who were sucked towards 22 because he's such a threat. And on one hand, I watched that and I thought, my God, Fiala's impact is getting so great. The other is, as a guy that's watched this team, I think they've been, is this year 19 now because of the lockout in 2004 and 5? Anyway, my other thought was, how rare has it been for this team to have a player, and they've had some good players, but a skill player who scares opponents. Right. Fiala, that goal starts because, and rightfully so, and he got the second assist, they're scared of 22. Yeah. And how much does that say about what this kid means as far as just pure talent to this team?
0: It's unbelievable. He is literally causing defenses to collapse in on him because they know he's the real only threat when he has open ice in his vision. Zach Parisi, even when he first got here and even when he was with the Devils, had never really had that he was never been that type of player. So, like, it, it, yes, Zach's been a... I believe he got twenty. his 25th goal last night. It's his 10th, 25th goal season in his illustrious career. But he's never been someone who... If Zach's an open ice, look out. No, 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 no. Zach's going to go in the corner. He's going to check you. He's going to get in front of the net. He's going to clean up garbage. He's a complete opposite of what Kevin Fiala wants to do. But it does go to show that the Wild have not had a player like this since Gabrick. Even a guy like... Granlin or or Pierre Marc Bouchard before the concussions, there was there was things about their game like oh man, when they're in open ice, they can really make plays happen. Were yep. they going to go to the net? No, but they could make things happen. And Fiala, though, I mean, you're we're watching a star born, we're watching a star being born before our eyes. Yep. I know he's on like a hundred and sixteen point pace over his last twenty games, and I don't he's not going to be that guy. But is he now the closest thing the Wild have to a superstar? A hundred percent, and that's why it makes it even more exciting getting the idea of Kaprizov over here, and then possibly acquiring that top three center.
1: Last thing before we're done, and I think you tweeted about this last night after I, after one of the San Jose goals, I think it was the first one. Close circuit to the game ops people at the X. The idea of giving every player his own goal song is genius. Adopt it.
0: Okay, so I don't know the attendance figures at SAP, and I, I don't want to put, Something I might say something that I don't I, my my butt can't cash here. Uh, but what the sharks are right now is they're they're a middling team now. They're on the rebuild a century right, and they've been able to take a product on the ice and a product off the ice and make it sexy to fans. And look, the game ops of the wild. I, I don't I don't have those creativity juices. I'm not going to pretend to be like you need to do this this and that. But you seriously, please send your game ops and social media people to that sharks game. And and look at what we're able to do. The individual goal songs, the theme nights. It's the look, I love going to the X. It's a great barn, but it's the most blandest performance between intermissions and pregame I've ever seen. I just love the it's idea not entertaining. of
1: the walk up song in baseball coming to hockey. Phenomenal. It's a great idea. Phenomenal. And it might take a little extra work, and I don't care. It's a really it's a really cool thing. And I like the hockey always preaches no individualism, right? But in this case, it's great. And plus, yeah. it's 2020. People get like with this. with it. You know what? I'd love to know what Kevin Fiala, what song he likes. Yeah. No, seriously. I agree. I might not even like the song. I don't care. Right. I'd love to know what Eric Stahl would play.
0: Anything to get crowd chant out. Seriously. And, and the last time we tried this, everyone, excuse me, the season ticket holders complained about it.
1: Well, so. then we got Prince in for a while and then... <sighs> anyway. They're the worst. Anyway, so the, the Wild will have uh, games on... Saturday and Sunday against the Kings and the Ducks. And they should, as we said, I believe, on Judd Hockey Show Tuesday, get five, if not six, out of six points. It's five. very possible. We're done. Say the magic words.
0: Bash shoot score.